Welcome to the Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. My name is Janet Pope and I am the CSR Director for the U.S. and Canada. I look forward to engaging with each of you on diversity, digital inclusion, and sustainability challenges and initiatives. Let's lead as architects of positive futures together. Welcome back to our podcast channel. In order to continue to share a variety of perspectives on corporate social responsibility topics, this year we're enabling our employee resource groups to take over the channel at different points along the year. First up, we're happy to share this platform with Women Lead. Welcome to the Women in Digital podcast brought to you by Women Lead and Capgemini. I'm your host, Guy Nirathayaka. Today's guests are Carmel Gilmore, the VP of the Oracle Practice, and Chantel Townsend, who is an Agile coach specializing in training, JIRA, and full Agile transformation. Both are leaders within Capgemini who have excelled in the technology space and have come here today to talk about unconscious bias and gender stereotypes in technology. Welcome and thank you both for being on today's show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Why do you think we're still facing an issue with gender imbalance in the technology space? I think it's still a large gap right now in certain divisions of IT. Um, I see a large gap in uh, some of lower ranks and even some of the higher ranks, you know, more uh, areas that are focused where it's been heavily uh, a male dominant area, then it's a lot, sometimes it's harder for females to come in. I'll give some examples like uh, a lot of our IT developer areas where coding is the primary areas or either even in our network administrative area, uh, administration areas or either in our VP and higher up levels as well. And Carmen, you can probably uh, chime in on that. But I see that in heavily in those areas because they have historically been male dominated in the past. And uh, traditionally, women seem to have been more accepted down any of the managerial roles in IT more so than not the techie areas, we should say. Well, I, I, I'll chime in. Uh, it's Carmel. Uh, so I, I think it's a multitude of issues. I think it goes to education. I, I think there's an aspect of unconscious bias in it. And I think there's a, an aspect of, you know, the role that women have traditionally played uh, in in society, so I, so I think there's a, a number of of things that impacted. I have a daughter; she's 21, and she always felt that math was not her strong point, right? And 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 for her, she will not even consider a career in tech, even though she knows what I do uh, day in day out because she's heard me on conference calls her entire life. But she won't go into the tech industry because she has this perception that you have to be strong math in the tech industry. So I think STEM, you know, uh, really promoting STEM in, in schools from a very young age and giving young girls the confidence around math is very important. I also think that, you know, educating young girls to understanding that it's not just about coding right? I, I never coded a day in my life and I'm in the tech industry for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can move through the ranks in the tech industry as a business manager or as a, you don't have to be a coder and um, to be able to configure an SAP application or an Oracle application, right? So, so I think that there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about what the tech industry actually is and, and what kind of careers you can have in the tech industry. So I think it's a myriad of different things. I agree. 
I want to go and think about uh, situations maybe where you may have experienced stereotypes or, you know, perception of your gender and whatever you were doing. Has that ever influenced your career, either positively or negatively? You know, I look at my career and I, I have a lot of confidence, yeah, uh, Guyana. Um, and I, you know, I kind of bulldoze through things, right? I don't, I don't really worry uh, about the fallout, right? I, I, I think, okay, I've got a career. I'm going to keep marching forward and I'm going to take some risks with my career. And, but I'm surrounded by people that are smarter than me, that are better educated than me, and that are just better than me but don't necessarily have the confidence um, to, to strive on to take on the next uh, role responsibility. So I think that where stereotypes come in is, and this is widely talked about, it's widely discussed. Um, a woman you know, has to ask for promotion. A man gets tapped on the shoulder for promotion. And I have seen that over the years. That is absolutely true. So so making sure that from a female, you know, purely from a gender perspective, you know, that you, you can influence your career positively by asking. Don't be afraid to ask. I think there's tremendous opportunity uh, in the marketplace. I think there's tremendous opportunity everywhere you look today for females um, in the tech industry but but you've got to push and you've got you've still got to push you've still got to ask you know for 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 that role yes and i'll piggyback on that i agree confidence leads the way it opens doors uh because to your point most men are tapped on the shoulder for promotions um but that still doesn't say that or keep the doors from being open from uh, for us uh, we have to push through. We have to let them know we are a voice and that we're out there and, and we have uh, a major offering to come to the table with. And and to your point, IT, the whole IT division now or tech area is so huge. So there's so many roles out there and opportunities. And from when we started, I know from when I started out over 24 years ago to now that the roles have doubled, the opportunities have doubled, the definition or the responsibilities of those roles have now evolved. So we all have an opportunity to actually create career paths for ourselves and evolve those uh, out of, you know, the need we see in the market and for, the, you know, out for our, especially from our customer standpoint, what we're offering and, and innovating as we go through. So I agree with that. Confidence opens the doors and helps us to see things that people can't see. You know, I would add to that. I would say I have had the opportunity, Gayani, to, to work uh, across the globe, right? Uh, across Europe, South America, uh, obviously with India uh, for many years. And and I think that when you look at, the, you know, when you ask that question and you think about uh, countries like India or Brazil, I've had situations, I was in Brazil a few years ago and I, d I did a women's lunch and it was really interesting. They, they I'm Irish and, uh, and went to school in London and have lived in San Francisco for 25 years. But these, uh, a bunch of these women said to me, wow, in Brazil, wow, Carmel, like, how did you get the confidence to leave your country? And um, I was really surprised by that, 
that they felt that as women that they would be abandoning their families. So I think there are cultural, you know, if you look at this from a global uh, discussion perspective, there are cultural issues that hold women back as well. Um, that, uh, that we have to, you know, and that's that's something you have to work with in each country to culturally release or, you know, set people free <laughs> and, and give them the confidence to make the move, right? To give them the confidence that, you know, really, what is it? It's, it's getting on a plane and going to a job as opposed to getting in your car and driving to a job, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, you can break things down and make it as simple as that. I want to talk more about uh, something you said about, you know, men get tapped on the shoulder, whereas women don't, uh, you know, they've got to be promoted and they've got to make a business case and all this stuff. Being in the leadership positions that you both are in, are you doing anything to pull up other women or to make opportunities for them to succeed? And I'd love to know more of, uh, you know, what you're doing in that, in that area. Well, I mean, Chantel, I don't, I don't know if you want to start. I, I will say that um, that my husband uh, ha said to me, I don't know, about seven years ago, he said to me, you don't do enough for women uh, in the workplace. And it was really shocking for me because, you know, I sat back and I thought about it and I thought, you know what, he's he's right. I I, I hadn't really thought about it, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're managing your own career, you're moving through the and you see I see I seem to be doing fine and I hadn't really thought about it and about seven years ago Gayani, I personally started to get engaged in diversity and inclusion to educate myself right okay. really to educate myself on what are the issues I seem to be doing okay but what are the issues that are holding other women back and that was one of the, the shocking things was do I have enough women in my organization am I promoting enough women and it, it really opened my eyes. So my suggestion here, I don't know, Chantel, if you feel the same way, but my suggestion here is that we have to get over our own unconscious bias, right? We really have to work on this. We have to work on this, be conscious of it. And, and personally, every single female that is in a management position has to take this on as a personal, you know, responsibility to help um, with our, our female population, our gender population. Anyway, sorry, right. Chantal. No, 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 this is great. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, we pull each other up and um, we have to some, We have to stop sometimes and, with the work we're doing and, and take a moment and look around the organization and see who's there and what stars we have and people that uh, they may not be a star at that moment, but they have that potential and help pull them up and give them. Uh, and one of the things I was thinking about, I was going to talk about as well is that as a mentor, or we talked about mentor programs um, in another organization, the how can we change and get people where they need to be? Well, you know, in safe or agile, we push that transparency, being able to communicate and clearly how your thoughts and being very, um, the, removing the decision-making processing and empowering people to make that. So I think as an organization, we can take that control that normally one or two people will have within an organization and decentralize that so that we can find those stars or those diamond in the roughs at the, at the female level and at the male level, you know, um, to be able to help take the organization to the next level. And I think that they'll start evolving, but we have to open up the ways for them to get there. So mm -hmm. I agree with that. Chantel, you're in the agile space. I'm sure there have been situations where you're the only woman 
in the room <laughs> or you're coaching yes. a bunch <laughs> of men. Have you ever felt uncomfortable being that only woman? And then how do you get comfortable? And how, what advice do you have for other women maybe in that situation to get comfortable being that only woman? A lot of times when you're in those situations, yes, first thing you think about it is who who's who's amongst me and who, what skill set are they bringing to the table versus my skill set. Initially, you come in and you're overwhelmed and you're trying to learn the lay of the land and all the uh, and the impressive people around you. And you forget the skill sets that got you to the table. So you have to stop sometimes and remember who you are and what you bring to the table. And that confidence comes back to you. And then at that point, you're able to kind of regage yourself and, and, and work with them. Because we're in, in Agile, we teach in servant leadership. And which one thing I, I was uh, very attracted to it, because it helps us to understand we support the organization. We support people in doing everything they need to do to be empowered. So with that, I try to just instill the same principles that I'm teaching on a regular basis. But sometimes I have to stop and just make sure that I'm understanding, you know, what I'm bringing to the table and who I am. And that that removes any of that fear that's there that sometimes wants to kick in. Carmel, do you ever have a situation like that where you were kind of the only woman? I, I can imagine. I don't see many women leaders being practice leaders. That is a very big role in this organization. How do you kind of combat stereotypes to have gotten to the position that you're in today? I mean, I, I've been doing what I do for a long time. So, so I'd be honest, I have been the only woman in the room for a long time. <laughs> or maybe there might be one or two women in the room and it might be 12 men, right? Or 10 men in the room. So, so there would be very few uh, men in the room. You know, it's a terrible thing to admit, isn't it? But there's, I, I take the quiet route when there's a lot of men in the room. Uh, I listen, listen, listen a lot. Because when you have a lot of men in the room and you don't know your audience, right? You, I'm very conscious of cultures. I'm very conscious of their unconscious bias. So it's a terrible thing to say, but I think we have uh, trained ourselves on how to behave in a way uh, that is uh, that isn't challenging <laughs> uh, to the uh, some of the A types you might be dealing with. And that is, you know, you speak when you have something important to say, and then people well, listen. I think that's that's very um, key because I do that as well. I always read the room and understand the personalities and the, the skills that are brought to the table. That helps you to understand how to engage everyone. So I agree with that. And that, that I think is a huge strength that we need to push for any fe uh, female or woman that's coming into this organization uh, and in trying to interpret how you approach a situation. That's very key. Yeah, but I will tell you, Chantel, that I had a, a boss years ago at Oracle uh, who I worked for, for, for a long time, and uh, I, I think six years. We had a very, obviously, a very good uh, working relationship, and I was promoted and all of the rest of it, you know, up the ranks under his guidance and sponsorship. But his, his biggest criticism of me was, Carmel, you have a lot to offer, and you need to speak up more. And um, so, so it was, you know, one of the things I, I, I being very honest here that I've always had to, to struggle with is um, I'm a talker and I'm very conscious of that. So 
it's a balance of not talking at all or talking too much. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. So I, I used to say that to him. I would say, you know, it's I don't want to talk too much. So it's about understanding where the appropriate time to speak is. Exactly. And sometimes I like to be told, given permission to take the lead on something as opposed to just always, you know, take taking the lead now if it's with my own team no problem I'll take the I have no problem uh, managing down I'm talking about managing across and managing up mm-hmm. right so adding that value across you know that that sphere of influence uh, that we talk about not and this is where female confidence comes in not always having the full confidence to take everything that I know and how that can add value and impact across the sphere of influence. And and one other thing, we we do have our unique qualities that make us women, correct? And I think that's key in bringing um, that to the table as well. Like some PR, we do have nurturing aspects of us that stand out way more than a male would, that we can incorporate that and even to the activities we do incorporate. So we don't, and I know in um, some situations, um, we've been given advice, women have been given advice to suppress that. I think all the aspects that make us who we are help us to become stronger leaders and better in, bring a better impact to the organization as well. So yeah. being, a, being a talker is a, is a gift that you have to help to get you where you need to be. But to your point, when do you use that tool in your tool belt? I want to talk about for our listeners who are not yet at, you know, the, the senior leadership levels that you both are at, what advice would you have for some of our listeners just starting in the tech space, either, you know, facing gender stereotypes or bias currently with their, you know, potential project manager or their people managers mm-hmm. and just how to navigate this space? I'll chime in because I have kids that are just starting. My son has also just started in this industry and I give him the same advice as I, as I would give my daughter, particularly as you think about women. Yeah, I, I say take every year in its stride, right? Have a one, I have a one year view. I was like, this is my job <laughs> for this year. I have to do a great job in this year and then I'll be well positioned for what comes next, right? But I was all, you know, my, my advice is, if you're very career-minded, I was very ambitious. If you're very ambitious, be ambitious, you know, and move that dial every year, right? Keep moving. That's what I would say. Keep moving. It's into another, you know, moving up, moving across, taking on a different role, taking on, you know, it might not be a promotion. It might not be, but take on something new every year and be bold. Ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to let people know that you're ambitious. Believe it or not, everybody wants you to be ambitious. Everybody wants you to be ambitious. So don't be afraid to let people know that you are and that you want to take on more responsibility. Correct. I I really like that. That's a great Mm -hmm. answer. Then I have two things I want to contribute So to Carmel's point, change is coming. (laughs) And when you progress it based off her feedback once every year and you look at it and you reevaluate yourself. um, I also think that life is a constant evolution of change. It will happen. Right. We have to plan for it. So and we plan for it in how we monitor ourselves, how we adjust to that change and then how our change impacts others. So I always say 
you never know who's watching. Not watching as far as how they evaluate you. They also watch in that manner, but they're evaluating you for maybe growth. They may be mentoring under you, uh, whether you realize it or not. It might be a, someone that's hired uh, than you in your level that's actually learning from you. And as you grow and learn yourself, you understand to be true to yourself because we're impacting each other. So two pieces, be prepared for change and understand that everything you do impacts everyone else. So be mindful of that. You are a change agent in everything you do. And I have one last piece of advice, and, and that was get help. You know, I, I, I made a decision very early in my career that if I was going to grow my career, that it would be a benefit to my children. And I really believed that. I believed that a working mother was going to be a good example for my daughter and for my son, because my own mother used to say to us for years, Never have your hand out to a man. Always have your independence. The day of, of a woman staying at home minding babies is gone. She used to say this all the time. You need to have your independence. And if your marriage doesn't work out, you need to be able to walk out that door. And I, honestly, it stuck with me for my entire life. And uh, we ha I have three sisters and we are all career people. And uh, and we laugh about it now because we're I've been married for 30 years and all my sisters have been married for like 20, 30 years as well. So so the, the advice my mother gave us was great, but none of our husbands left us or we never left our husband, <laughs> right? And we still have, you know, well-educated, spoiled children for all intents and purposes. <laughs> but when my son was 15, not that long ago, right? He's 23 now. I said to him, I said, Sean, I said, because there were, you know, there was no work from home. 10, 15 years ago, I would get home 7, 8 o'clock in the evening sometimes and, you know, and, and I always had a nanny, right, that cooked dinner for the kids and um, th and that's what I'm saying, get help. I always had help in the house. Yes. I was not coming home washing dishes. I was not coming <laughs> home on a Saturday doing laundry. There was just no way. I, there was no way I could do all of that, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember asking him when he was 15, are you ever angry that mom missed your game, you know, at four o'clock, your soccer game after school at four o'clock? And, um, you know, sometimes, Sean, I feel really guilty about things like that. And he, and he says, oh, mom, are you kidding me? He goes, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and honestly, I, I, it, it, it was like a stab in my heart, right, mm -hmm. when he said it. I know it sounds silly. It doesn't sound like much. But it was like, oh, mom, are you kidding? I'm, I'm so proud of you. It was like, it was payback, right? It was, it was my, it was payback to my mother for all the advice that she gave. It was, I really felt like I, I, I followed my heart and I, and I continued to work and I always felt that it was going to be good for my children. And they've both sense, right, you know, say to me, then my daughter said it to me yesterday, mom, she said, mom, you so got your crap together. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You know, so I, I would say, yeah. go for it, girls. Your children will never, uh, will never criticize you for it. And right. don't have guilt because I, I, no I had guilt, guilt for yeah, the for a couple of years. I had guilt, mm -hmm. uh, but you're right. No guilt, no need. And, and I think we got to get out of the mentality of we have to do it all right. There is right. no shame in having help because yes. who can do it all? It's absolutely impossible. 
and stretching yourself too thin in one direction, you know, is not going to actually help out in the end. I think that's great advice. And I think a lot of people get stuck on, you know, feeling bad about working late and then not, you know, paying attention to their kids or their spouse or their friends or whatever. And so I think that that comes with this education and this confidence you both have been talking about, right? Just knowing yes. that what you're doing is is great for the world. And they say when women get involved, you know, organizations do better. Uh, yes. The world is just a better place. So I just want to thank you both for being on this podcast today. Great advice. I think what we've taken out of this is we've got to have the confidence to ask for the opportunity we need to clear up misconceptions of what's required to be in the tech industry, right? It's not all about coding. It can be uh, any kind of skill that you want to bring. And we have to be prepared for change and, you know, bring about our best selves to, uh, you know, the places that we're going to work. Thank you to all of our listeners and for being on this journey with us. We want this podcast to provide a chance to connect with our audience, build valuable connections, and challenge everyday thinking on topics that affect women. Please share this podcast, hit subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of Women in Digital. Thanks for tuning in to the Cap Gemini North America Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. This episode is from our employee resource group, Takeover Series. We hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Janet Pope, and on behalf of the North America Corporate Social Responsibility Team and all of our wonderful employee resource group leaders across the U.S. and Canada, I'd like to thank you for listening.